Hello there. My name is Megan Bellflower. I am a historical fiction writer and your host of Soda Pop Chronicles. So, real talk today. Who has ever been afraid of taking a shower? I don't know why I'm watching for hands to go up because literally it's just me sitting in a room recording this. Nobody can raise their hands. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I'm talking like you get in the shower, you close the curtain, and you just imagine on the other side of the curtain there is like a man with a gun or a knife or maybe a ghost or maybe, I don't know, a peeping Tom or something like that. I've definitely had those moments before. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie to you. (laughs) And some of you guys, if you've seen the movie that I'm going to uh, be talking about, you may be afraid of a man dressed in women's clothing wielding a kitchen knife. And so, yes, I'm going to be talking about The movie Psycho. And if you're not familiar with the movie Psycho, it is a classic film that I think was shot in 1960. So Psycho was adapted from a novel that was based on a real serial killer named Ed Gein. And this man was a murderer and a grave robber. And he was from... Uh, Plainsville, Wisconsin, a really small rural town in the middle of nowhere. He ended up inspiring the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as well as Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs, and of course the movie that I'm talking about, Psycho. Uh, He was the uh, original inspiration for uh, the novel Psycho that later was adapted into the film Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. But basically, I mean, nobody in the early 1960s had even like used the term serial killer. Like we didn't really have that until like after like Ted Bundy and all of those, all of those cases. So Psycho is about this secretary, and her name is Marion Crane. She's played by an actress named Janet Lee. And so basically, this woman ends up at this really creepy, secluded motel after stealing money from her employer. And so at this, like, creepy, decrepit motel that nobody stays at, it's like on the side of the road... Um, she meets the man who runs the motel, and he's a deeply disturbed man named Norman Bates. And his lobby is full of taxidermy, like owls and uh, lots of birds. I think birds were his favorite to um, to stuff. <laughs> um, it's like, was his hobby? Side note stay away from taxidermists because they are notorious in movies for being like crazy people. If you're a taxidermist, I'm really sorry. But I'm just saying like in movies, they're portrayed pretty badly. So (laughs) basically, Norman Bates 
in the movie Psycho, he murders his victims while dressed up like his dead mother. And he keeps his dead mother propped up in his house like an actual person. Like he dresses her and talks to her as if she were still alive and like takes on her persona. However, I guess like the audience isn't supposed to know this until the end, so sorry, spoiler alert on that front. Um, <laughs> if you've never seen the movie, I'm sorry. That's like the huge twist that Alfred Hitchcock wanted to keep secret. But anyway, throughout the movie, the audience thinks like the mother is still alive because you see shots of her, you know, sitting up and stuff like that. The audience sees Norman as the man who's like responsible for cleaning up after her killing sprees. But it's like really him dressed as his mother. This is how that whole weird mom-son relationship in the horror genre started. Do you go out with friends? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. But, um, so if you've not seen this film, you totally should, by the way. And you should not almost even be listening to this because it gives away so much. But uh, Janet Lee's character is murdered halfway through the movie which is really strange because she was like well the audience saw her as the main character even though she really wasn't i guess norman bates is technically the main character but i guess the protagonist is killed off like halfway through the movie and um she's killed uh in the shower in her motel room and so, yes, this is where we get the fear of showers. It came from Psycho, and so other horror movies use it today to scare us. But it came from Psycho. That's where it came from. It started this whole new fear and this whole culture around horror movies using images of bathtubs and showers and all of that. So this scene where Janet Lee's character was murdered, changed the film industry forever. Like, if you remember my episode on TV censorship, things were kept pretty low-key in the 50s and 60s, and there were really strict, like, content guidelines for filmmakers to adhere to. Okay, so to put this in perspective, as, like, how incredibly strict censorship was like psycho was the first movie to show a toilet and not just a toilet but it showed a toilet flushing which the censorship bureau did not like but i'll get i'll joke about that a little bit more later but just to put it in perspective this is how strict content guidelines were that no other movie had even shown a toilet. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I guess, why would you need to show one, I guess? But still, it's just weird. So, basically, the idea of this movie and this murder scene was so out there for its time that Hitchcock struggled to get funding for the film. Production companies 
feared the aftermath and outrage that might happen if they put their names on this film. So Hitchcock had to fund the film himself. And so Psycho had to be on a tight budget then, and it was shot for um, $807,000, which I guess doesn't sound like a lot for movie standards, but you have to remember this was the early 1960s. So that would have been more than what we think of it today, but it probably would have been less than what most productions ran for back then. So, okay. So back to the shower scene. The, the shower scene was shot for an entire week. It was shot December 17th through the 23rd um, in 1959. And this one scene, this one three-minute scene, features 77 different camera angles. And it has 50 different cuts. And not like knife cuts, <laughs> a pun. Um, I meant like cuts of the scene, like from the editing room floor, there were 50 different versions that they made of this one three minute scene. I guess they even knew how big of a deal this scene was and they had to be very careful with it. But I don't know about you guys, but Hitchcock didn't seem thorough enough for me. <laughs> Just kidding. Wow, 50 cuts. I mean, for a three-minute scene, that's... Uh, he was definitely, definitely extremely precise. So, for those out there who have not seen this film, which, why again, why are you listening to this if you have not seen the film? But this scene shows what appears to be, like, an elderly woman with, like, this like gray hair like tied back in a dress. Anyway, she's thrusting a large kitchen knife into the shower and stabbing Janet Lee's character to death. And apparently, <laughs> the sound of the knife thrusting into Janet Lee was made by re recording a knife stabbing into a melon. I don't know why, but that gives me like I don't know, shivers for some reason. Um, because all I can think of when I read that was like Hitchcock himself like stabbing ferociously like at a watermelon to get the sound effect. The scene is, it's full of screaming, a little bit of blood, which by the way, back then they used... Um, chocolate syrup for blood. I guess since it was black and white, it didn't matter. It didn't need to be red. But anyway, the scene is full of screaming, a little blood, and a whole lot of terror. And the murder basically seemed to come out of nowhere. The audience assumed that the film was just about a woman who stole $40,000 and was on the run. That was it. No one expected that halfway through the movie, she would crumple into a pool of blood. No one. But this is what, like, Hitchcock fed off of. The audience's shock. He lived for that. He lived for shocking his audience. 
But of course now it's not much of a shock to us seeing that this movie is so much, you know, intertwined with our culture that everybody knows pretty much about this shower scene. But back then, I mean, Hitchcock wouldn't even let people, when they left the movie, he wouldn't let them talk about it because he wanted it to be a shock. Like, there was a policy where if you saw Psycho, you weren't allowed to talk about it. You had to keep it secret. And even, like, late moviegoers were not allowed into the theater. He wanted them to be able to see it in its entirety, and he didn't want anyone to talk about it because he didn't want to spoil the surprise. So, I mean, all this came as a big shock. Like, this murder came out of nowhere, and the murder made no sense. It was completely, it completely, like, blindsided the audience. And it basically, like, thrust the movie into a whole different direction. And in fact, (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock's philosophy was to, and I quote, always make the audience suffer as much as possible. (laughs) Wow. That is very interesting way to talk about your audience. (laughs) But, um, basically, I mean, like I said before, like, she was just hanging out in her hotel room, turning on the shower, stepping into the shower, like, Nobody expected it. And if you've ever heard that, um, sorry, someone's blowing up my phone over here. (laughs) Um, if you've ever heard of that high pitch shrieking sound with like the violins and the strings and it's like, I'm probably going to throw that into the edit of this, uh, podcast earlier but um that came from psycho that was the soundtrack of the infamous shower scene and so the screeching uh, sound was made with violins violas and cellos and it was composed by a man named uh, bernard herman and the title of this piece of music was called the murder But Hitchcock didn't want any music originally. In the original cut, he intended for it to be silent. Only the noise of the shower water and the noise of the screams of Janet Lee's character. But this composer, Herman, he insisted that that Hitchcock listen to his his composition with uh, the film's scene. And so basically Hitchcock took a chance, listened to it, was watching the scene, loved it, and doubled the man's pay for his work for composing the piece and kept it for the movie. But it's really interesting to think that Hitchcock wanted there to be no music in the big climax of his film. Probably not a great choice (laughs) for his part. And um, another interesting, like, fact about them shooting this scene is, uh, like, according to some sources that I saw on the internet, uh, 
a nudist was actually hired to be Janet Lee's body double in the scene because at this time actors were not used like used to being nude on film or like in front of other people on set and so it is rumored that Hitchcock hired a model named Marley Renfro and she was apparently like this member of a Los Angeles nudist organization and she like Part of her job was to like pose for art classes and um, nude photo shoots. But anyway, so the crew was not used to filming anyone naked either. But apparently this model was so professional about it that the crew ended all of their snickering and peaks and grins because she was so professional. However, Janet Lee claims that it was only her in the shower scene, that there were no other actors. So, I I don't know. Uh, It was even published in a book that another person was used in the shot to film some of these nude body images. Um, And there was no such thing as, like, pausing a movie back then. But if you look really closely, like if you go onto YouTube and type in psycho shower scene, if you look really closely and you pause during the scene, it is actually really shocking to see how much of a naked body was actually shown and exposed during this scene, like for this time, like in the 1960s, like when I went back and watched the scene again, like it's real fast, so you don't really pick it up, but like if you pause it, you're like, wow, like, for just coming out of the 1950s, like, this is a lot of body, like, to be shown. And the weird thing is the censorship bureau was upset with a toilet being in the movie, but yet there were all of these nude images. I don't know. That's really confusing (laughs) to me. Like, I'm pretty sure that would be more of a big deal versus a toilet flushing but anyway, the this movie, because of this scene probably and just the nature of the film and how dark it is, later Psycho was actually rated R. Like after the after like America came up with the movie rating system, they went back and started to rate old films and Psycho is now rated R. And it's hard to imagine that such an old and classic film shot just coming out of like the 1950s could have been rated R by today's standards. I don't know. I still don't know how he got away with it, honestly. That's probably why he had 50 different cuts of that one scene. So, I don't know. That just blows my mind when I read that. So... This movie was, it was such a big success at the box office. It was, people, you know, had never seen anything like it before. Um, However, uh, it caused a lot of trouble as well. It wasn't received in a good light by everybody. In fact, apparently there was an angry father that sent uh, Hitchcock a letter And it said that his daughter uh, was refusing to take showers now uh, because of the movie Psycho. 
and uh, denied all of his orders for her to go and take a shower. And so Hitchcock actually replied to the man with his own letter stating that (laughs) this father should send her to the dry cleaners. According to IMDb, that is what Hitchcock said to this father. (laughs) And something that's interesting is that it wasn't just Americans at this point that had seen the movie that were afraid of taking showers. Even Janet Janet Lee, the actress in the shower scene, she began to be afraid to take showers after filming the scene, which to me just seems so strange because you know that it's fake, like it was all for the movie. But I guess maybe it opened her mind to the possibility that it could actually happen. Nobody had... There had been no other movies or media that talked about someone being murdered in the shower. So maybe it just was like a new thought, a new fear. Um, but yeah, even even Janet Lee uh, in interviews said that after filming the movie, she couldn't take a shower, that she only wanted to take baths after that. So yeah, even the, even the main actress, it scared her. So... Psycho, it didn't just bend the rules and uh, of TV and movie censorship. Basically, it broke them in half and boiled them like pasta. Wow, I must be hungry. I'm using food analogies. <laughs> but it changed filmmaking forever. It basically was what started the horror genre on a new and more gruesome, shocking path. Um, Here is what, and this will be my last thing, here's what Entertainment um, Magazine online, this is what they said in their article about Psycho. This is a direct quote from them. It says, You could easily claim that Psycho, more than any other film, is the movie that changed movies that it broke down and reconfigured popular storytelling by shifting it from a form in which lives were orderly and cohesive, bound by the symmetrical conflicts associated with classic Hollywood, to one in which lives were loose, random, unpredictable, and violent subject to the messiness we associate with the Hollywood films of the 70s after the collapse of the studio system. So did Psycho change the movies? You know? I guess you be the judge. You know, after the 60s, things seemed to change, and I, I guess maybe Psycho opened the door for that. So, um... I uh, want to announce something that's pretty cool. So I really encourage you to follow my podcast on Twitter because I give away prizes and I send fun facts and um, it's a way you can communicate with me. Um, In fact, recently... I went and got my hair cut at this wonderful salon in the city that I live in, 
It's called Orbit Salon. They gave me great bangs. And if you live in the Birmingham area, which is where I am from, and a lot of my listeners are from Birmingham, um, but a lot of them are not, you should definitely check them out. Um, They helped me um, promote my podcast by giving me promotional materials to be able to hand out as prizes to um, fans on Twitter for reviewing my podcast or tweeting to me on Twitter or something like that. And um, they gave me uh, some shirts. And uh, yeah, so Maria won uh, the shirt that I had to give out for the last prize and all you had to do for that prize was just tweet about soda pop chronicles to get the shirt and it was a really cool shirt it had like a space theme with like a man whose head was like saturn um it's that that sounds really weird but it was a it's a really it was a really cool designed shirt so i encourage you to like me on twitter so that you can be a part of free things because who doesn't love free things and who doesn't love looking at vintage ads about funny products and cool facts about history and vintage things. If you want all those things, go like me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at SodaPopChronic. My page is SodaPopChronicles, so if you search that, it should come up as well. Um, Also, I'm potentially looking at starting a YouTube channel connected to this podcast. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I may be going to Atlanta to talk about, uh, the Coca-Cola company and maybe do a little documentary about that. Um, but yeah, I just want to, want to thank all my fans for, um, this being able to move in such a good and positive direction. And I want to thank Orbit Salon for, uh, for helping me out there, um, I want to thank you for listening today, and please, if you have not seen the movie Psycho, please, please, please go see it. Don't go eat the radioactive roast beef. Go watch the movie Psycho. It will never disappoint. It's, it, it's timeless. Go see it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>